0: Hello, welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Dave Kovar, and today's top podcast is titled "The Ten Don'ts of Interpersonal Relationship." And basically, most of the time uh, when we go to a class, or, or I know when I'm doing my teaching or instructor's training, I usually focus on what to do. But every now and then, it's kind of nice to focus on what you shouldn't do. Right? Otherwise, it may be uh, uh, sometimes when you really put an eye on on what you shouldn't do, it, you catch yourself maybe doing those things and you minimize them going forward. And I know the 10 don'ts that we're going to talk about are all things that I've been guilty of in the past and still am guilty of. But I'd like to think I'm better than I was. And that's really what it's about. It's a process, right? It's not perfection. It's 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 progress. And so with that said, let's get started. The very first don't in interpersonal relationship is don't argue. So the concept, which is so important to remember, is that logic and emotion are like oil and water. They don't mix. And generally speaking, when we argue, we tend to become emotional and we don't think clearly, you know. And as our emotions become heightened, the likelihood of us saying or doing something that we might regret later on increases dramatically. So I think it's important to remember that winning an argument is overrated and it does little to win respect or friendship, right? So a lot of times when we argue and someone's giving their viewpoint, we're not even really listening to them. We're just waiting for them to be done so we can, we can speak, right? And so, uh, it, it, this is something that all of us do upon occasion, right? Some more than others. But I think a better focus than not, than arguing is really to, the reverse of that is focus on your desired outcome. Rather than arguing with somebody, uh, is think about, all right, I, I, I have a disagreement going with the other person. What is my desired outcome? Now, uh, if my desired outcome is, is to win this, you know, argument, then uh, it, it's gonna we're gonna end up with a win lose situation. However, if my desired outcome is to be able to uh, have the person hear my viewpoint or uh find some kind of compromise, then once I'm clear on what the desired outcome is, then I can probably uh discuss things in a in a in a calmer way. I know that uh my older brother Tim was my business partner for 10 years and I currently uh my business partner now Dave Chamberlain has been about twelve years and with both those guys one of the things I was blessed with is two just amazing partners, right? Uh uh but one of the things with both these guys and is that anytime that we disagree, we tend to uh you know Wait until we're calm before we discuss through things, talk through things, right? Uh, and and when you do that, man, you know, every time I've ever said something or had an argument with a, with a staff member when there was emotion evolved, uh, it never worked out right. But anytime I waited until I was calm and clear and I thought about my desired outcome, man, the, the effect is always more positive. So that's number one. The first don't, don't argue. Uh, the second one is don't blame. So what what the heck am I talking about? Well, you know, you guys maybe have heard this phrase before, but when you point the finger at somebody else, three fingers point back your direction. How true is that, right? And so, you know, blaming others generally means that you're a reactive person. You're someone that's unwilling to be held accountable for their actions. You know, blaming others puts your emphasis and your thought process a process on more on problems than on solutions. Right. And so by the way, every now and then there's nothing wrong with venting. You're having a hard time. You call your friend, you vent about stuff, man, that that's one thing. Okay. But, but you know, blaming your circumstances on others, once again, says you're not in control. And by the way, you could have had a lot of bad things happen to you, right. That were out of your control, certainly. But uh, when you, when you focus on on casting blame, you're saying there's there's not much I can do to get out of this. So a better Choice than than and uh, then then you know giving blame is, is to accept responsibility for the situation, to the best of your abilities, and then proceed forward from there. You know, let, let me give you an example. Uh, I think it's also important in how you can uh, uh, modify your thinking is is that any time that you you find yourself in a situation. Uh, that is desirable you try to is undesirable excuse me um you, you try to phrase the question in such a way that assumes that there's a solution let me explain what i mean by that let me say that i haven't uh i'm i'm i've got a really busy schedule and i haven't i don't exercise cuz my schedule's so busy now i could blame it i could say you know what of course uh, i you know i'm not in good shape how how could i be you see i work 12 hours a day You know, I I mean, I have all these bills to pay. I have this family to take care of. You know, of course, you know, sometimes if I had more time like some of those other guys, uh, man, then I could do it. Well, see, what you're doing is you once again, you're, you know, you're giving away any responsibility. Instead, could you think this? Man, I have an incredibly big, busy schedule. How? But you know what? I don't like my fitness level. How can I, with my busy schedule, become more fit? Right, and so now what I'm doing is I, I'm I'm accepting responsibility for the situation. Or, well, let's imagine that my business is suffering. Maybe, maybe the, the you know maybe unemployment is real low in a particular area, and, and you have a business there and you're struggling, and and it could be legitimate. I mean, certainly, you know, if you are in a if you're in a you know a factory town of ten thousand, and and uh, the factory employs three thousand, all of a sudden overnight the factory uh, uh, you know goes out of business, and three thousand people are out of work, and 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 you, you know your business is reliant upon those people, that's going to have a massive effect on your business. There's no doubt about that, right? And, you know, okay, so once you get over the the initial shock, should you decide you're going to stay there, what are you going to do? You're not going to say, well, of course I'm not successful because the, the factory closed. Instead, you're going to think to yourself, how can I maximize my business even with the factory closed right now maybe you come up with a solution maybe you don't but what it does when you ask a question that way it gets you to focus on the potential of a solution and i'm amazed how often when i've I've phrased a question correctly how often later on because i've given that that question to my unconscious to come up with how often later on i've actually been able to come up with a solution to that so number two don't is don't blame number three don't criticize. You know, I think it's important for people to understand. It's one thing to be constructively helpful, and it's a, another thing to be unconstructively critical. And I think the easiest way to kill morale in an organization or team is to criticize people on your team, right? I mean, we, we've all done it, uh, you know, from, from one time or another, uh, is be someone that, that is, is finding fault with everything. Um, I've shared a story, and I'm going to call the gentleman Casper, and, and Casper is a guy that I used to know a long time ago. And this guy uh, was fiercely intelligent. And, uh, first off was critical of everything and everybody. And if you would invite him to a party and he saw three or four people, uh, having a conversation, he'd go join them and he'd very quickly, and maybe they're having a discussion about the weather and, and, uh, 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 or whatever it might be, or politics, or sports, whatever it was, he would find fault with what it is that they would uh, they were saying. He'd find a way to basically, you know, show who the boss was, so to speak. And he, and what happened is pretty soon, I remember, you know, I could watch Casper go up to a group of people, and within a, a, and then very quickly, you could see the looks on their faces. By the way, he was even unaware of this. Right? Was kind of like, okay, how do I get out of this conversation? And pretty soon, you know, one person would drift off, and before you know it, Casper's by himself, and. And he'd be searching around looking for someone else that he can go up and criticize, All right? So I know none of you guys have ever criticized. I know I never have either. <laughs> Joke, of course I have. All right. So what's the reverse? Well, the reverse is to choose your battles wisely right? Choose your battles wisely. So uh, uh, it, that puts your focus differently. But I'll tell you what, because if you want to correct someone's behavior or comment or you're working with somebody and, and if you're always criticizing, what happens is their guard goes up and, and, and then whatever you tell them, their guard is going to go up and they're not going to be receptive. However, if you choose your battles wisely and then you have a subject that is dear and dear to your heart that you need to address with this person, they're way more likely and receptive to hear what you have to say because you haven't been critical going on. Okay. So the next one, so that's number that that's number 3, don't criticize. Number 4 is don't prejudge. Now, this is a hard one for me and and probably maybe for you. You know, we all, especially I think maybe even more as we age, right? You you know, you learn from experience and sometimes you your gut feeling and if you're in tune, your gut feeling is probably right way more than it's wrong, right? But a lot of times if you're not kind of at your best, you can prejudge a situation or a person and be uh you know wrong at least half the time and you know it's it's very natural to get in the habit of prejudging but it's a terrible habit you know and remember it's a waste of energy and and time that when you're spent prejudging other people other situations it's time you could be you know spending really on 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 improving yourself right so uh, let me give an example I, I had someone i was talking about this one time and i say well what even well what if you're interviewing someone for a job is it, what's wrong with judging that person or, or well there's a difference between perceiving and evaluating and judging somebody, right? Uh, you know, when you prejudge someone, what you're doing is, is you, you basically, uh, you, you no longer have an open mind, okay? Uh, uh which by the way, I'm going to talk more about that because that is the counter to prejudging is being an open mind. I want, I want to share a story with you. Uh, so in, uh, the early 80s, uh, I, I, uh, went to work uh, my, my martial arts school was I wasn't making enough money to support myself there for a while and I went to I went to work by day painting houses and I and apartments and the the, the person that I worked for was a gentleman named Paul Seagraves to this day he's a dear friend of mine he was actually one of my students and uh, he had a uh, he was a paint contractor and, and he hired me to work days and he I was his martial arts instructor in the evenings and and uh, anyway uh, when I first went to work for him although I'd already known Paul he was had been my student for several months um the, the the gentleman the two gentlemen that trained me uh were uh, uh, had been working with him for you know several months and they proceeded to tell me what a lousy boss Paul was and how I he couldn't be trusted he would cheat on you know if you didn't watch him he'd cheat on your time card and and you know he would he would you know uh, he would uh uh, find other ways to kind of not pay you when he should, all this stuff. And so I had, I had no reason to doubt them, although Paul had seemed like a good guy to me. So what, what I tend, what I did is I judged that Paul was a bad boss, right? And uh, by the way, very quickly these guys were no longer around, right? They just kind of disappeared. But for the next six months, I, because of that prejudgment that I had of Paul, I kept on waiting for this bad guy to appear and he never did. And it turned out, he was never there. He was an outstanding boss the whole time I worked for him, and and so the the concept with this is so important. And so what I I lost out a lot because I was not open minded and receptive and and taking a uh, a look for myself. So the re- reverse of don't, not to prejudge is to be open minded and receptive. Okay. So man, if you're going to do a job interview, you're gonna you're you're not gonna prejudge somebody. You're gonna evaluate. Okay. You're gonna perceive their strengths and weaknesses, but you're not gonna personalize it by prejudging them. So that's number four. Don't, number five, is don't be sarcastic. Now, as I say that, that's a hard one for me because I tend to uh, often be sarcastic. And by the way, there's exceptions to all these rules, right? Uh, But in general, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, being cleverly sarcastic, it might be considered a sign of intelligent. It really serves, it rarely serves any positive function, right? More often, sarcasm only demoralizes and belittles the person it was directed towards. So imagine if I said the words, please. Thank you. May I? But I did it with a sarcastic voice. They lose all their value. They're no longer the magic words. Okay, and so I think a, a better the, the the counter of being sarcastic is is to try to be good self good natured and self deprecating. If you're going to make fun of anybody, it should be of yourself, right? Uh, and when you don't take yourself too seriously, man, you know people appreciate that. You know they they uh, uh, they they appreciate when they can what make fun of themselves, so to speak. That's a Hard one for a lot of us, but it's really worthy of the challenge. All right, don't number six is don't humiliate. Don't humiliate. Now we've all either seen it done to somebody else, had it done to us, or guess what? Quite possibly humiliated others. Right? Um, maybe not on purpose, and uh, 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 but but chances are we've been on we we've been on the receiving end and the giving end of that. But I think it's important to to, to understand. Uh, there's a good book. It's called. Uh, it's by David Hawkins. And let me see, the, the name of that book is one of my favorites. And all of a sudden, uh, Power Versus Force, that's the name of it. I was drawn a blank from in a minute. But in that, he talks about, he kind, of, he kind of rates different human emotions. And on a scale of human emotion, one of the highest emotions is considered a state of bliss. And, and the lowest emotion is considered a state of shame. And how you shame somebody? Public humiliation. That's how you do it, right? And I think it's important to, you know, so the the idea is not to do that, right? I think it's important to understand that the quickest way to create resentment and friction is to humiliate somebody, especially if it's done in public, you know, uh, Usually, once again, the only person you should be making the brunt of your jokes is is yourself, uh, and we talked about that briefly already and most people that humiliate others there there are certainly exceptions, but most people that humiliate others are people that are are hurting themselves and so they're, they're trying to feel like more like by pulling people down as less and We see that in bullying behavior in kids and some people that grow up to be uh, you know sociopaths when they grow up, right? Uh, uh, that that's a lot of times when they're, you know, uh, let me back up a little bit. There's two types of bullies. 95% of the bullies on a playground okay are 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 what's called a victim bully and a victim bully is somebody that's bullying others because they are having a hard time and that's how they're responding a very small percent of the population like 5% is what's called a pure bully a pure bully is someone that comes from a great family uh maybe have have you know great parents and good education and everything that they just find great joy in 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 bullying others most of those people uh, uh from my perception and from what i've read those are the people that grew up to be sociopaths right But that victim bully... That, that person that's acting out, they're doing it, they're, they're, they're what, humiliating others because it, 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 they're, they want to feel better about themselves. And so I, this is a hard one to deal with, right? So first and foremost, what I always try to do anytime I feel like I'm on the receiving end of someone passing, you know, giving me negative energy or trying to humiliate others is I, I do my best not to accept it. And more about that later. In other words, I, I just kind of, I think, wow, they're having a bad day, right? So what's the reverse uh, you know, of humiliation is public praise and making sure that you go out of your way to praise people, especially in public, right? It sounds, it's the complete opposite, but it's incredibly effective. You know, I think it's important to understand that there's plenty of praise to go around as long as it's sincere. And legitimate and specific, right? Uh, and I'll tell you what you know one thing that, that that the great general, Napoleon Bonaparte once said was someone said, "Hey, hey general Napoleon, how come what, what why are you such a great general?" And one of the things he said is he said, "I learned an amazing thing that men will die for ribbon." What he was talking about is, man, people will die for recognition and honor. And so anytime you have a chance, whether it be with family members or coworkers or friends, that you see somebody did a good job, uh, you man, go out of your way to let them know. And if it's sincere and it's not manipulative, they'll feel it and they'll appreciate it. And there's always enough praise to go around. And, and uh, you know, everybody feels better when that happens. So that's number six. Don't humiliate. Uh, number seven is don 't be condescending okay uh, and, and and what am I talking about by being condescending? you know a condescending person is someone that kind of speaks down to those around them as if their worth is greater than others. And the only function it serves is to alienate those around you, you know? So it's got someone that's got that kind of holier-than-thou attitude. And, you know, one of the places I see it in my business teaching martial arts is sometimes I will find a younger instructor that spends most of his classes maybe working, maybe this is an 18, 19-year-old that spends most of his classes working with a, 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 a kid's teacher. Most classes he teaches are kids' classes. And all of a sudden, he steps in an adult classroom and he starts talking to these, you know, working professionals older than him and with lots of experience he starts maybe talking to them like they're kids, right? Kind of in a condescending attitude. Never works, not a good idea, right? And so what's the reverse of being condescending? It's it's going out of your way to, to, you know, uh, to be uh, respectful and courteous. So... I love this quote. You can judge a person's character by the way they treat the people least important to them. Let me say that again. You can judge a person's character by the way they treat the people least important to them. And how many times have have I uh, or you come across someone maybe that was uh, was being condescending, sending and belittling uh, maybe uh, you know uh, uh, their food server, right, or maybe somebody that was a, a subordinate at work, and because they could. Right. And then when somebody, the more important comes, they're very, they're, they, the man, they're all, uh, they're syrupy sweet. Right. And man, that's so superficial and so artificial. And, and, and so I think, you know, the whole idea is if we can get in the habit of treating everybody with respect and courtesy, right. And not being condescending, man, that will go a long way. Uh, I, I remember one time years ago, and, and I probably think of some examples when I didn't do this, but I'm trying to block them on my mind. So I'm going to think of one time when I did a really good job of, uh, 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 What fortunately treating someone with respect and courtesy and I didn't know who they were. This was years ago and it was actually about the same time I was working for Paul Seagraves as a painter. I was also uh, teaching at my karate school and I was teaching and, and on weekends I was I this was back when Nautilus was the big deal. And, uh, uh, that was the kind of the, the craze, the fitness craze at the time. And I was working a Nautilus line at, at a local gym. And what that meant was, is guys would come into the line and there was like 12 different stations as I remember. And I was like a, you know, a, a, a trainer and, and I would, I would, people would line come, come through this line. They do from one machine to another, do another, to another. And, uh, the whole idea is it was a quick 20 minute all, all, you know what the thorough body workout. Now there's probably some flaws in, in, in that process that we look, see now, but okay. It, it was, it was cutting edge at the time and I was working a line and I remember this one particular guy was in line and, and he, uh, uh, and I, I just happened I was flown. I was going from one person to another. I was giving people pointers and, and, and whatnot. And, and, and just going on my way just to hopefully be respectful to everybody in the group. And, uh, Anyway, uh, it turned out that, uh, this was the owner of this chain of fitness gyms. And, uh, so I, I got the note from my manager that I got a, a big bonus from this. And it turned out I, I got to meet the guy and he ended up being a martial artist. And here he had this chain of fitness, uh, 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 gyms, and he ended up training with me in my rusty little dojo, right? Which I thought uh, was pretty ironic, but part of what what he had seen that in that particular day, and I, I can't say I always did this, but I did this day, is he saw me being, you know, his comment was, "Man, it didn't matter who they were, you know, uh, whether the hot young chick or you know, or, or the old man, it didn't matter. You were treating everybody with respect and courtesy, and I appreciate that. And I've never forgotten that. That went a long ways, and and I I I, I don't I'd like to think I don't do that because I I I, I don't because I want someone to catch me doing it. I hopefully it's become habit. Uh, but I think it's a healthy habit to work towards. Okay. So, um, number eight, we're moving along fast is don't hold a grudge. Now I, I, I know that there's been a few people through the years that that have maybe I felt wronged by that, that man it's been hard to let go and I recently uh last year there was a couple of people in particular that man I just there was things that 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 I was dealing with for a long time about how I per, the perceived slight that that uh, someone else gave me that I I refused uh to uh what Give up that grudge. And, and, and finally it was like it just, I realized one day it just wasn't worth it. I went out of my way to, to reconnect with those people, basically forgive those people and get over it. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I think they felt better, but I know I certainly felt better, right? And I love this line. I, feel, I think it was the Buddha that said it is that was being angry at someone else, holding on to anger, Directed at someone else is like drinking poison, hoping the other person gets sick, right? So you holding a grudge does nothing to them. What that means is that it gives them power over you. Is what it does. So now you've got someone that you're mad at that's keeping you awake at night. They're in control. And so what's the reverse holding grudge? Of course, it's forgiveness, right? Once you forgive somebody, you know, it doesn't mean you forget. doesn't mean you're necessarily going to maybe trust that person again. And, and it, But what it means is you're letting go of what's happened. And, and what does that do? That gives you peace of mind. And you know what? I have been reading about this and hearing about this my whole life, right? And I understood it on an intellectual level, but it feels like more and more lately I'm really kind of starting to get a taste of what that really means. And it's pretty powerful, right? And every great philosopher, uh, sage, uh, uh, you know, holy person since the dawn of time is basically that's been, you know, uh, that's been an outlook. And so there's got to be something there. So do go your best to not hold a grudge, but be a forgiving person. All right, Number nine, we've got a couple more to go. And this one is don't be easily offended. Don't be easily offended. You know, I don't know about you, but I there's a couple people that I know that will go out of their way to find reasons to be offended, right? You know, you're driving down the street with this person they look over and they see a house that they don't like the color of. And all of a sudden they're offended because the house is the wrong color, right? And And so when you look and you guys all know someone you know like this, you also probably know somebody else that nothing offendedd nothing faces them right they just kind of they, they let stuff roll you know off their back, so to spoke you know i I think uh how easily offended someone gets is in direct relationship with their level of emotional intelligence, you know, and if you give people the benefit of doubt and assume that whatever questionable thing that they said was not meant to be taken in a negative way, that's the way to do this, which is, of course, the reverse of don't being easily offended, and that is giving people the benefit of the doubt, you know, when it's clearly apparent that an insult has been directed your way, you just, then you just don't accept it, you know, I remember as a kid the line, maybe you do too, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off to me and sticks to you you. I think it's pretty good advice, right? And so go out of your way to give people the benefit of the doubt and don't be easily offended. Okay. And so just decide ahead of time. Whatever happens, you're going to be good with. Now, that does not mean that you don't stand up for yourself or others when you've been wronged or you see that there's, there's something needs to be taken care of. Certainly. That doesn't mean you're spineless by any stretch. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I, you know, you stand up when you got to stand up, right? However, I'm just talking like you don't go out of your way to look for reasons to pick fights and to be offended and to not like people. Last one, number 10 is don't take all the credit. I don't think anything is more frustrating than when a, a, when a team works really hard and has some some great success and only to have one person to say, hey, I did it, right? And by the way, I'm sure I've been guilty of this more than once, right? But but my experience has been is, is that you know there's plenty of credit to go around right and if you are involved people are going to know in the long run they might not know every time that, that, that you were you know responsible you know that you were responsible for making things happen but in the long run you'll you we know who who you know, who the warriors are we know who the hard workers are I have a gentleman in my organization I actually have so many my organization are full of people that 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 instead of I, I, by the way of the opposite of don't take all the credit is to give credit and accept responsibility but i i'm going to give a shout out to a couple of my guys man they've been with me forever uh they're both shihans which is, means they're high ranking black belts one of them shihan ken gruby the other one a shihan uh, chad shepherd both these guys man both these guys, and like I said, I, I'm sorry if if you're listening, and you're on my team. There's so many others. I'm just going to shout out for these two right now. But these guys will do all this stuff that I never knew they did. Right? They're behind the scenes, just making stuff happen. But anytime uh, uh, you know, you, you know, they're they're on a part, or, you know, a team, or something happens, they're always giving credit to the people around them and sincerely doing so. And the result of this is, guess what? You know, maybe I didn't. I don't know every detail that that Ken Gruby did. Right? But guess what at the end of the day, I know he's doing lots of stuff, right? And and and, and I don't need to know everything because I know the kind of the the, the the warrior he is, I know the, the kind of warrior that Chad Shepard is, and, and all the things that they do. So, man, go out of your way to give credit and accept responsibility. And if you can do those, man, great stuff will happen. So, let me review all uh, uh, I've got the big list here, you know, all uh, how many of them were, man, a whole bunch of them, uh, all 10 of these, okay? And so, number one of the 10 don'ts of interpersonal relationship is don't argue. Instead, uh, figure out what your desired outcome is. Number two is don't blame. Instead, accept responsibility. Number three is don't criticize. Instead, choose your battles wisely. Number four is don't prejudge. Instead, be open-minded. Number five, don't be sarcastic. The opposite of that is being good-natured and self-deprecating. Number six is don't humiliate. The difference is go to the way to praise, especially public if possible. Number seven, don't be condescending. The reverse of that is to be respectful and courteous. Number eight is don't hold a grudge. The reverse of that is, of course, to be forgiving. Number nine is don't be easily offended. The reverse is give people the benefit of the doubt. And the final one, don't take all the credit. And the reverse of that is give credit and accept responsibility. I sincerely appreciate you listening to the very end. It's been my pleasure. I look forward to talking when we begin in the future. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.